Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We want to look at a question from the Bible. Now, this question is coming to us from John chapter 3 and verse 4. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, again, this is from John chapter 3, verse 4. And this is a conversation that Nicodemus is having with Jesus. And we're going to need to read quite a bit of the chapter to really have all this in context. We're going to read John chapter 3, verses 1 through 18 to make sure that we have everything in context and make sure that we understand the conversation. Again, this is between Jesus and Nicodemus. I'm going to start here in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So I want to stop there for a second. Nicodemus was an important man. He was one of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the Jews. To be on the council, he had to be scholarly in the law of Moses. He had to be an elder and be respected as a good Jew, a good man. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Notice Nicodemus says, We know. The council knew or knows Jesus is from God. It's important to realize what's being said and and what that means to the overall account of this conversation. Let's continue on with verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now here, this is Nicodemus posing our question. And you have to remember, Nicodemus was an elder. He was probably an older guy. And he's asking a question. I don't think he's really being facetious so much as he is being too literal and physical in his thinking. Now, it could be, too, that he's challenging Jesus And he wants to understand. And I truly do believe that Nicodemus wanted to understand. Let's continue. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, 
How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So there's a lot to talk about here, but I want us to look at this and and review this from the aspect of ourselves, right? Do we recognize that Jesus is from God? Just like Nicodemus says up, up above, we know that you are from God. Do we recognize Jesus is from God? Then, as we look further in this conversation, do we understand what it is to be reborn? Nicodemus was like, well, how can I be born again? I don't understand. And Jesus says that unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, he's plainly speaking of baptism. And you can see Paul mentioned that in Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 5, and, and a few verses around there, but basically verse 5, talking about the water of regeneration and what the Spirit does. It's a combination of things. It is a physical act. Indeed, it is for us, but it's also a spiritual thing. And there is, the Spirit is involved. Do we understand that it is both water and Spirit? That's another question for ourselves. Do we understand what Jesus is saying? Even though on the outward part of it, it may appear to just be a physical thing that we do, do we understand that it is both water and spirit? And he's telling us that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There is a spiritual change involved in baptism. And that's why he says, Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. There's a certain amount of faith we have to have. We have to believe and understand that the Lord is saying we need to be baptized for this reason. If we want to be reborn, because we're talking about a spiritual rebirth, right? So do we marvel at the idea of baptism? Do we regard it as incredulous or unbelievable? Because it's not. It's what Jesus is telling us to do, and it's what we see done further on in Acts and and talked about in the epistles? Do we consider ourselves knowledgeable? Like Nicodemus, he was knowledgeable. He was um, a scholarly person of the law. He was supposed to be a teacher, right? Do we consider ourselves teachers of God's truth? Yet we do not believe or understand baptism This was a very basic premise that Jesus is teaching and that Jesus commands. Yet, we have people who struggle with this. And I believe 
a lot of them have been deceived, and I believe a lot of them are sincere in their belief. But we can be sincerely wrong. I have been sincerely wrong at times in my life. That doesn't mean I didn't believe I was correct. That just means I was sincerely wrong. And sometimes it's hard to get through that, but we've got to be willing to follow the Lord. Do we understand Jesus' authority? That's where this comes down to an authority issue. Do we understand Jesus' authority? That only He has come from God the Father to teach and to save us. Do we believe? Do we believe in Jesus, the Son of God? Do we believe that He is our King, that He is our High Priest, and He will be our Judge? And right now, He is He's our Defender, right? Used to, Satan stood in the place as an accuser in front of God, but He's been de- dethroned, depowered, however you want to think of it. And Jesus now stands before God as our defender and our high priest. So who do we follow? It really comes down to who do we follow? Do we follow Jesus and do as he has commanded as far as baptism and and try to understand what he has taught here? Or are we following what we want or what other people have taught? If we look at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 7, Paul says this about the new birth. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now we have to understand that we have to die to be free from sin. And the way we die is we are baptized into the death of Christ. Jesus paid that price for us. All we have to do is be baptized into his death, and then we, too, are freed from sin. Jesus has paid that price already. All we have to do is receive it. It's like when someone is giving you a gift, you just have to unwrap it and take it home. And all the Lord is doing is saying, look, I've done this for you. All you have to do is receive it, be baptized into this death. Don't truly die the second death. Don't wait for that. Do this now. It's very important. Just as Abraham had to submit and offer Isaac, we must submit and offer ourselves to God, to the Lord. But we can do so knowing that God has already supplied that death for us through Jesus. In Jesus, the debt of sin, the death that we owe because the uh, payment for sin is death, to pay the death we owe, Jesus has already died and paid that for us. 
Now, if we look at Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 41, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three thousand souls were added to them. Baptism is how you receive the Holy Spirit. He says, Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is how people are added to the church or the body of Christ. Don't worry about the man-made organizations that call themselves churches. That's not important at all. We're talking about the spiritual church, the body of Christ, the actual followers and believers of Christ. Congregations you go to, that they're, they're good, they're fine, it's wonderful. You should belong to a good congregation that actually teaches the Bible and all of that. But what I'm talking about right now is what really matters is that you belong to the body of Christ, that you are added to the Lord's church. Okay, Man-made organizations do not matter. It's not important. So baptism is how you gain entry into the body of Christ the Lord's church. This is how we are saved. This is the scripture where we talk about saving souls, where we get that first idea of this is saving souls, this is salvation. And it's not us doing the saving. Like, for instance, I've never saved anyone. I can't save anyone. I will never save anyone. Only the Lord can save you. God gives that Faith, God gives everything you need to be saved. Jesus gave his life. It's all from him. It's not from us people. It's not from other people. Other people are supposed to share the gospel with you, and hopefully that will do the work. The word of God needs to do the work. It needs to do the job. I can't force it upon you, but hopefully if you're willing to listen, you can hear it and be saved. This is the scripture here with Peter. This is the scripture where we talk about this saving souls. Be saved from this perverse generation. I've never seen or heard of a generation that is any more perverse than the one we live in now. We've really rather been buffered and cushioned here in the U.S. because we started out as a very Christian nation. And over time it has... You know, it has declined away from God. I mean, we talk about the slippery slope. It's really not a slippery slope. What it is is it's it's the edge of a cliff, and a whole uh, large part of this country has jumped off that edge, and that's that's sad to see. But we can still be saved from this perverse generation. Whatever generation we're in, we can be saved if we will follow the Lord. So to answer our question, how can a man be reborn? How can a man be born again when he is old? 
through baptism. Through baptism, we can be forgiven for our sins, and we can be spiritually reborn and walk in the newness of life that Paul talks about. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. And then if we roll up, I'm kind of doing these verses backwards. It says, therefore, we were buried through baptism into death. Now notice how that works. We're being buried with Christ in his death through baptism, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. When we come up from baptism, we are being resurrected from our old sinful life into a new spiritual life with God, with the Lord, following Him. It doesn't mean we're perfect, we're still going to need a long time. This is a lifelong process of following the Lord and, and working out our faults and flaws. But if we remain faithful, if we don't give up, if we keep at it, not only will our lives improve and, and we will be able to improve the lives of others around us, but we will get to be in heaven with God and the Lord at the end. And what we call heaven, if you look at the end of Revelation, is that that new wonderful city. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and a new city of Jerusalem, and we're going to be with the Lord. Now, that's all a vision in Revelation, so it may not be exactly the way we think it's going to be, but it is going to be a wonderful thing. And that's going to be an eternal life. This life here is very short. And I would encourage you, I would encourage you to make sure that you are following the Lord, that you are baptized into the body of Christ, and that you would remain faithful and follow God. Read the Bible for yourself, or if you have trouble reading, listen to the Bible for yourself. It's fine to also take advice and, and hear and listen to other people, but always weigh it against what you read in the Bible. The Bible is what matters. A lot of people are deceived about baptism. They think that it is not a part of salvation, but it most assuredly is. It is a requirement for salvation, and we cannot afford to miss this point. And if you don't agree with me, read in the Bible for yourself. This is where this is coming from. It doesn't matter if you agree with me. You need to agree with the Lord. You need to follow Jesus. That's who you need to follow, not me, not anyone else either. Not to say, again, not that you can't listen to other people, but we have to understand the authority is in Jesus, not in people. So I want to thank you for listening. I, I would encourage you, if you've not been baptized, to please get baptized, find a church, um, if you want to contact me through uh, YouTube or anywhere else, I'm on Facebook. I've got, I think I've got all the links listed under my videos and in, in the podcast. I, I will try to help you find a place to get baptized. It's very critical, very important. Okay. So again, thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you. <laughs>